Welcome to the Bluff First Podcast. We pray that this message would encourage and enrich your life. For more information, please visit us on the web at blufffirst.com. Good morning. It's good to be back. Uh, thank you so much, Pastor Nathan, for bringing the word last week. I know he did a great job, didn't he? And uh, we so enjoyed that. Um, but I was watching online. My wife and I got to be away last Sunday morning. And, uh, but we are grateful for a team that you know, steps up in our absence. If you are just joining us, uh, this series is called Trellis. And it's designed to give us kind of a framework for uh, growing in the way that we want to grow this year. Um, growing spiritually and uh, through new spiritual uh, rhythms and habits and, and growing the direction we want to. You know, just like an actual trellis keeps vines from, you know, tangling and, and strangling each other out. Maybe you remember grandma's backyard maybe had a trellis, right, and she was growing some plants or whatever. Uh, similarly, uh, these routines that we're trying to implement in this series are hopefully going to help us slow down our lives and make time for what matters most. Most of us are too busy. Most of us are too stressed. Uh, Most of us don't have time or seemingly don't have time for the things that matter the most. I want to remind you that we already have habits, okay? All of us already have habits. Most of us start our morning the same way. We live our lives the same way day in and day out. And the habits that we already have are designed perfectly to get the results that we're getting, Okay, so I say that gently, but if you're stressed, if you're anxious, if you're busy, it might have something to do with your habits and your routines, right? And so we're going to look further today at our uh, next challenge because changing our habits um, can change our life. Our habits are not just forming our schedules, they're forming our hearts. And so if we change our habits, then we can actually change our hearts. We can begin to mold our hearts more into the image and likeness of Jesus and less into the image and likeness of our stressed out, busy, spread too thin uh, culture. And so last week, Pastor Nate challenged us to begin to form our hearts in prayer. Um, Isn't it crazy that out of all the noise on the planet, I want you to think about how much noise is coming from the earth this morning. Like this room is fairly quiet. If you went downstairs in the kids' area, it's a little louder down there. Um, But if you went out to the street corner and heard cars driving by, if you went all around the planet, I mean, there's jets taking off as we speak. There's so much noise on the earth. In the middle of all of that noise, God hears us when we pray. That's amazing to me. What a privilege that we get to pray. And so last week, uh, Pastor Nate helped us look at the life of Daniel and how Daniel three times every day knelt in prayer and he challenged us to do the same. Um, Not that, you know, kneeling is the only way to pray, but it is a biblical uh, posture. It is a good way to pray. And there's something about the the posture of prayer that just um, kind of shifts our mindset as well. Um, How many of you guys have tried the prayer this past week since Pastor Nathan challenged us. Don't, don't be ashamed. Okay. All right. You're like, I tried. doesn't mean I did very well, but I tried. Uh, I remember early on last week as we got started, um, I tried to just go straight to it, right? So I'd wake up and like, okay, I'm going to kneel. And so I just kind of slid out of bed um, to the ground. And a couple of mornings, Brooke was like, are you okay? Because she thought I 
fell out of bed or something. I was like, I'm praying, you know. Um, but it was much easier to get to the floor than to get up out of the floor. But I was grateful for the mornings that I did start uh, in prayer. It seems like for most of us, midday prayer was the hardest. Um, a lot of us were okay starting our day in prayer or ending our day in prayer. But remembering to stop and pray in the middle of the day or the middle of the workday uh, was a challenge for a lot of us. And I know it's the one that I missed the most times, but it's also the one that when I did it, felt the most impactful. I remember a couple of afternoons specifically where I just walked out of the room and knelt and prayed, and it reframed my mindset and my, my, my work and everything else. And so um, we're going to add another challenge today, and I want to remind you that we are building these on one another, and so we're not getting rid of the first challenge. Okay, it's not a week of prayer and then a week of something else. We're going to continue to try to pray um, every day, and we're going to add a new challenge today. Um, you have, you, if you were here, you may have remember us telling you we have eight challenges in total. Four of them are daily challenges. Today will be another daily, and four are weekly. Four are mostly vertical in nature, that being between you and God, and four are more horizontal and helping you not just love God, but love others, love your neighbor uh, better. Today is another daily and another vertical um, challenge. If you haven't already, I would strongly suggest you join us in our Facebook group. It's called Trellis Challenge, and I've been blown away by the amount of uh, interaction on there. It's been awesome, but what a great way to uh, help each other stay accountable. Today's habit is going to deal specifically with your morning routine. All of us have a morning routine. Um, some of us are morning people, um, like my wife. Some of us are not morning people, like me. Um, where are my morning people at? Okay, where's the, 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 the night owls that are not, yeah, okay, that's, that's my people. Um, either way, we're going to work on our morning routine. And listen, I can promise you this, it's not going to be easy, um, but it will make a difference. And I love what Pastor Nate said last week. He said, if we will make this the best year of our life spiritually, it'll be the best year of our life. And I, I, just, I just believe that to be true. Our spiritual life is the most important part of us. And so if 2022 is the best year you've ever had spiritually, it's going to be the best year you've ever had. Not that difficulties won't come or whatever, but you'll be more prepared and equipped for that if it's the best year of your life spiritually. So if that's the outcome we want, if the outcome we want is this is our best year ever spiritually, then we're going to have to change the input, right? We can't just do the same stuff and expect different results. We're going to have to try something new. And I want to remind you, as we are trying new things and we're implementing new habits and routines, the goal of these is definitely not to just add stress to your life, okay? That's the last thing we'd want to do is just make you more stressed, more busy, um, ashamed on the days that you inevitably fail because you will fail, okay? You will. And if you don't, we need to put you in charge of the trellis challenge. You need to help us all figure out how to do this stuff, okay? But you're probably going to fail as we do these things, and that's okay because we're failing forward, all right? The point is not perfection. It's progress, and so we want to see you um, do these things not feeling guilty, not feeling like you have to, but feeling like you get to and experiencing the joys of them as life slows down and you're more in tune with, with God and who God has made you um, to be. So this morning, I want to look um, at our habits together as uh, a church word I don't use a whole lot, okay? I want to look at our habits as liturgies, okay? Everybody say liturgies. It's 
kind of fun to say. If you don't know what a liturgy is, it's just a pattern um, of words or actions repeated regularly um, as a way of worship. The goal is spiritual formation through repetition. So like another way to say it would be that a liturgy is a worship plan. Okay. Now we're not really considered like a liturgical church. Um, and in a liturgical church, you usually are handed like an order of the service and there's readings and there's different prayers and communion every week or whatever. We're not necessarily a liturgical service, but we have a liturgy. We have a plan. Most weeks that you come here, we sing an upbeat song if you're here by then, right? We usually start with an upbeat song and then somebody gets up and reads a scripture verse and then we sing a couple more songs and then somebody preaches and then we pray and respond and sing again and we're dismissed, right? That's kind of our um, liturgy. That's our worship plan. Similarly, we all have liturgies um, in our life, whether they're intentional or not intentional. Now, before you go um, nominating me for like father of the year or something, I just want you to know I get it wrong way more often than I get it right. But we do have some things that we try to do um, with, our, with our kids. And so I try to read the Bible um, to my daughter every night, okay? I try to read her little Jesus storybook Bible to her every night. Now, I, there are some nights I read faster, all right? So I'm ready to go to bed. And um, there's some nights she has questions, and I'm patient, and I answer. And some nights I'm like, just listen, you know, and I read. There are some nights she falls asleep on the couch, and I'm kind of excited that I can just carry her to her bed, and I don't have to do the whole nighttime routine. But normally, we read the Bible. Normally, we pray. Normally, we sing a song. And then normally, she tries to get me to do one of those things again before I'm permitted um, to leave, okay? But that's a liturgy that we have. That's a plan that we have at nighttime. We're going to read our Bible. We're going to pray. We're going to sing a song, okay? When I drop her off at school every morning, while I'm unbuckling her car seat to carry her into school, I try to pray over her, and I try to remind her of her mission, and I try to just help her get ready um, for the day. Now, here's what I know, that probably none of those moments is going to be profoundly impactful. She's not going to be like, oh, man, you know, January 17th, I'll never forget, you know, my dad prayed this prayer or read this passage. I I know that, but I'm hoping that these things build up over time and and shape her, right? These are liturgies that we have in place, hoping that it develops a certain type of worldview and a certain type of believer. And so this week's challenge is going to be very Challenging. That's why the word is challenge, right? It's going to be very challenging for most of us. And so with no further ado, drum roll please. This week's challenge is Bible before phone. I could feel the excitement in the room. Um, how many of us are honest this morning? It's church, right? We can be honest in church. How many of us, the first thing we do in the morning is check our phone? Okay. Absolutely, right? That's the first thing we do. It's usually the last thing we do before we go to bed, the first thing we do in the morning. It's amazing to me. I recently discovered that for thousands of years, humans existed and were able to function without doing that. It's crazy. Um, They did not have phones to check, right? And, And yet, it's a habit for most of us. Now, keep in mind, our habits are not neutral, okay? They're pointing us somewhere. They're forming us somehow, and so I would say all of our habits are 
um, liturgies, plans that are creating in us a certain kind of result. Maybe um, our morning liturgy is teaching us to worship our productivity, right? You check the to-do list, the work email, the text from work, the calendar. First thing, you find your identity in work, right? And you're like, I got what do I need to do today? That's what's going to make me valuable. Maybe instead your morning liturgy is, is um, teaching you to be um, upset or angry as the first thing you check is not the work email but the news, right? And nothing in media makes, makes more dollars than making people mad. And so you check the news and, of course, everything is, can you believe this? It's all an outrage. It's all unbelievable. And so we pick sides and, and we judge and we find ourselves not loving our neighbors very well because, frankly, they're all morons, right? We're the only ones that have got it, got it figured out. Um, or perhaps this is probably the most common, maybe your morning liturgy is to worship um, a terrible God, the God of comparison, and so you feel better or worse about yourself as you wake up and the first thing you check is social media, right? You check the notifications or maybe you just scroll. How many likes did I get? How many people did the laugh reaction to my comment? Because that was really funny, right? Um, how, many, how many people followed me? What, like whatever. Or we begin to compare. I wish I had my act together like that, you know, mom on Instagram, right? I'm sure her life is always like that photo. Um, I wish my house looked like that. I wish, my, I wish I had his car. I wish I was on that vacation. Oh, he got a promotion? Why did he get a promotion? Um, I wish my body looked like that. I wish, I wish, I wish, right? And the identity crisis spirals on as we have a morning liturgy of jumping into everything going on out there and, and comparing that to what is going on in here, I love what um, the author of the Common Rule said. He said, "Restless thumbs often come from restless hearts." Right? We are looking for something to tell us who we are, for something to, to give our heart some kind of peace. And so, whether we turn into the news or the to-do list or social media, we're scrolling, we're looking, and we're forming our day, forming our thinking already without even giving it any thought whatsoever. Now, I'm gonna confess something to you this morning um, before you think I'm too spiritual. Um, I, I don't check the news. I don't check the calendar or the to-do list. And I usually don't check social media. So you're like, oh man, you must be really spiritual. No, I check Bleacher Report to see if the Bears have found a coach yet. That's what I do. Or, and that's right now, but pretty much throughout the year, I, I feel like I have missed something in the night, and I'm going to find out some great news about the Chicago Bears. That's, I, I, I check football first. Isn't that spiritual? Isn't that great? It's terrible, right? Um, and so that's what I do. Well, all of us have some kind of morning routine, some, time, uh, some kind of habit. So here's the question. What if we were intentional, and before we had any clue what was going on out there, before we felt connected to the world outside of our house, before we heard from anyone anywhere, we, we had some dedicated time, and we heard the words of life, the words of our maker, the word of God. What if we heard that first? Like, see, I like that idea, but the reality of it is, is going to be difficult, right? The thought of having a morning 
Bible time and prayer time before I've even checked my phone, before I've even checked my text, um, that's, that's going to be a challenge. And, you know, I've thought about it before. I'm like, man, maybe I should just delete all my social media. That would probably help me be more spiritual, you know. Um, but I kind of feel like it's part of where you connect with people, you know. Um, we watch a lot of Disney movies in my house. You guys remember uh, Princess Ariel, the Little Mermaid, right? She said, I want to be where the people are, right? And so that's me. I, I keep Facebook. I keep these things because that's where people are. And honestly, I find out more about you guys there than anywhere else. Like I find out people are sick or people are having a baby or whatever. I find out on social media. And so I want to stay on social media. But if I'm not careful, I look to these platforms and this stuff to see how I measure up or, or what I need to do or whatever instead of finding my identity in what um, God says about me. And so I, I want to have a paradigm shift. I want to start my day differently if I'm trying to get different results. If I'm going to have the best year I've ever had spiritually, I'm going to have to have the best days I've had. And I think if I'm going to have the best days I've had, I'm going to have to start them off the right way. And I'm going to have to start them off differently. You see, each morning presents us with the same questions. Who am I and who am I becoming? Okay, or what am I becoming? And we can find a lot of different answers in our email or the news or social media. But if we spend our morning with the scriptures, then the answer is a lot more consistent and constant. Because we open the word and God says again and again and again, you are my child, you are mine, and you're becoming like me. Jesus asked his followers if they were going to, his disciples, if they were going to abandon, abandon him like so much of the crowds had. And Peter said in John chapter 6, verse 68, to whom shall we go? You have the words of life. In other words, he goes, well, where else are we going to go? Where else are we going to go, Jesus? You have the words of life. But here's the tragedy. We go days, weeks, months without the words of life. We show up once a week and hope a preacher will give us the words of life. But we start our days and we spend our days with everyone else's words but his. Okay? Bible before phone as a habit means looking at the right place to ask who we are, <coughs> excuse me, instead of what do I need to do today or what should I be mad about today or how do I measure up today or what's going on in their world, we find out who we are. And just like our phones are shaping us, time in the Bible um, can shape us instead. Don't you love technology? Um, this is like a great sermon illustration, right? Your physical Bible will never black out and lose input like you can just stay connected that way. So um, I like this quote from uh, John Mark Comer. He says, when you read the word, meaning the Bible, when you read the word, you are filling your mind with God's thoughts, God's imagination, God's mental patterns, God's way of thinking. And you are drowning out 
the voice of the enemy with all his lies and listening to the voice of truth. This is what I need, right? If I'm going to have the best year ever spiritually, I don't need the lies of my enemy. I need the truth. I don't need what's going on in the world. I need what's going on in my own heart and what needs to be going on in my own heart through the word of God. So let's get practical quickly, okay? Um, I want to say this. Don't worry at first about how much you read. Just begin to form the habit, okay? Pick a time and do it. Um, pick a time and do it. Like, I'm not really, some of you are going to be like, well, I want to read the Bible in a year. That's an awesome goal. But if you're not currently reading the Bible, let's, let's scale that down a notch, okay? Let's, let, let's read the Bible for the next month, okay? Um, some of you are like, well, I want to study Revelation. Let's pump the brakes on that, okay? We'll get there. We'll get there. But let's just pick something you can read and will read, okay? Um, I, I remember, uh, I think James Clear is his name, he has a book called Atomic Habits. And I remember a story in Atomic Habits about a guy, and he was talking to his coach or his life coach or whatever, and he was really trying to get in the gym and start to work out and, and lose a little weight. But he was running into the same problem, and I've been there myself. He'd go to the gym, and he'd go for a week or two, okay, then, like, inevitably, he'd have a busy week, or he'd work out, push it a little too hard one day and be sore for a few days and not feel like going. And the next thing you know, he completely stopped going to the gym. Anybody else, like, twice in 2022 already been there, right? Like, it's, it's very easy. And so his coach told him, I want you to go um, to the gym every single day, and I want you to walk in, and I want you to walk a lap around the gym, and I want you to leave. And he was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, I'm not even going to burn 10 calories doing that. He's like, no, listen, just trust me. I want you to walk into the gym and walk around and leave. And, and so he did this for, you know, a week, week and a half. And then eventually he was like, well, I mean, I'm here. I might as well do five minutes on the treadmill or whatever. And slowly but surely he started working out and he started you know, being a person who worked out at the gym every day. And he talked to his coach, and he's like, why did that work? And he said, well, here's the thing. It's not that important. I wasn't all that worried about how much you worked out. You just needed to become a person who gets up and go, goes to the gym. It's part of your identity. So I knew if I could get you to be a person who gets up and goes to the gym, eventually we could get you to be a person who gets up and goes to the gym and actually works out while you're there, right? So, so here's what I'm saying. I would love for you eventually to read the Bible in a year. I would love for you eventually to open your Greek commentaries, right, and your lexicons and, and really do a deep dive study into Romans and Hebrews, okay? But right now, I would like for you to just stumble out of bed and open your Bible, okay? That's where, that's where we're starting is just pick a time and do it. For me, um, it's easy as a pastor to compartmentalize and just read the Bible. My, my office is full of books and Bibles, and it's easy for me to just be a person who reads the Bible at work. Um, but I want to be a person who starts my day that way. I want my kids to have that memory of their dad. Um, and so for me, I know it's going to mean a few things that I'm not happy about, okay? Um, but if you want something different, you got to do something different, right? So for me, it's going to mean an earlier alarm, <sighs> Okay? An earlier alarm. It's also going to mean moving my phone charger. I already thought about this. I'm going to have to move my charger across the room so I don't just snooze it, right? I have to physically get up and go over and turn my alarm off. And I'm going to put my Bible next to my phone. 
maybe even on top of my phone, okay, so that I will remember why I am getting up early. I'm not getting up early to turn the alarm off and get back in bed. I'm getting up early to spend some time in the Word before I do anything else, okay? So pick a time, pick a place. Maybe it's a certain chair in your house. Maybe it's a kitchen table, whatever. Set the atmosphere for that, right? Some, some of you, it's going to mean coffee, right? For some of you, it's going to mean like a little bit of like acoustic worship music in the background. Um, Pastor Chris Hodges says he always lights a candle when he reads his Bible. Just something about that just kind of just, you know, sets the tone. And so do whatever you need to do to make it something you want to do. Um, but I would encourage you, get a physical Bible, Okay. Nothing wrong with uh, the Bible app. I love it. There's lots of great tools on your phone for Scripture. And when you're out and about, it's a great way to engage the Word of God throughout your day. But in the morning, if you're able to, if you're going to try to, like, read the Bible and not look at your phone, you probably don't want to try to read the Bible on your phone, okay? So get a physical Bible. Um, if whatever, the right one is the one you'll read. So if you grew up reading King James and you're smarter than me and you understand it, um, then by all means, go for it, okay? If you're asking me, like, Pastor TJ, what do you recommend? I really like the ESV and the NLT. Um, I think those are two of the more reliable, reader-friendly options. ESV probably tilts a little bit towards reliability. NLT probably tilts a little towards readability. But both are faithful and both are fairly easy um, to understand. And so get you a physical Bible. We'll help you get one if you don't have one. Um, But pick a place, pick a time, and then pick a plan. Okay? Pick a plan. Maybe you want to start with Matthew. Matthew's the first gospel in your Bible. It's 28 chapters. You could read it in the next month. And for some of you, that would be more than you've ever read of the Bible in a month. And that's great. Praise God for that. That's progress. We don't have to pretend here, okay? We don't have to sit here and pretend all of us are, are, are reading the Bible cover to cover every year. A lot of us, like, it's not a part of our life. And so we're wanting to change that and get different results. Maybe you want to read a half a chapter of Romans. Maybe you want to do one chapter of Proverbs. Maybe you want to do one psalm. Pick one, Okay? Don't try to do all six. You're going to wind up frustrated. Okay, you're going to wind up behind. Just pick one and just know in advance you're going to miss some days. You're going to oversleep one morning. You're going to overcommit one morning. Your kids are going to wake up early one morning. Whatever. It's okay. We just want to begin to form the habit. And it really doesn't matter, you know, what you pick. What matters is starting the routine. And here's the thing. If you start the routine and it actually becomes routine in your life, You've got the rest of your life to read the rest of the Bible. Isn't that awesome? You, you can do it. So let's just start somewhere. And, uh, and I want to encourage you also, it probably won't feel like heaven come down every time, okay? Um, especially if it's in the morning and you're not used to waking up at that hour. It's not going to feel incredible, but it's going to build, okay? I've said this before, but time in the Bible is less like a debit card and more like a savings account, okay? We tend to think like, man, if I wake up and I put in the time to read the Bible, then that exact day, like, man, the Lord's going to show up and take that verse I read and just it's going to change my whole day. And, you know, it doesn't, it's great when it happens that way. But a lot of times it's just you're, you're making deposits. You're, you keep on putting into that savings account. And now later on you have this whole well to draw from in times of need. You have a whole, you know, base of knowledge of the scripture to um, rely on, okay? 
It builds up over time, um, changes our thinking. I like this. We're almost done. Um, Pastor Nate, if you want to come. Philippians chapter 4. And thank you guys for enduring with my relatively, um, my lack of a voice this morning and energy. I've been trying to truck through here. Um, Philippians 4, verse 8 and 9. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things, and the God of peace will be with you. Now, how does that compare to what we find on the news or what we find on social media or what we find on our to-do lists even, right? We're thinking about what we have to do. We're stressed. We're thinking about how we measure up. We're thinking about all the dangers of the world and all the things we are afraid of. But this passage says, man, think about what is true, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is excellent. I don't know what could be more those things than the scriptures themselves. And, and Paul's last line there, right, think about such things, can be translated to meditate on, let your mind dwell on, or fill your mind with these things, and the God, and the God of peace will be with you. And, and here's the reality. If you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit is inside of you, and God is with you always, okay? So we're not, what this verse is not saying is if you focus on you know, positive things, then God will go from not being with you to being with you. If, you. if you rub the genie lamp just the right way, God will show up. That's not what that verse is teaching. What it's teaching is this. God is always with us, okay? But when we are dwelling on the things that are good, when we are making these investments into our heart by opening the word and thinking about the, the, the good things of God, right? Then the God of peace is with us in a tangible way, right? The God of peace, if you're a Christian, the God of peace is always with you. Does that mean you're always experiencing peace? No. So what we're wanting in this series is just to always be aware of God with us, to always be aware of the Holy Spirit with us, to be, to be in tune with that in a way that changes our lives. And if I wake up and I scroll my phone, and I rush to work, and every little moment I have free, I scroll my phone some more, and I spend my day busy and not getting enough done, and I get home, and I'm with my family, and I'm, I'm trying to be there and be present, but man, there it is again. I got a notification, and, and that's my life. Then I won't live a life of peace. I'm always going to be restless if I dwell on the word of the Lord if I'm investing time in what really matters, man, then I have a peace about me. Then I have a confidence about me that God is with me. And so this morning, I know this is intimidating. For some of you, you're already kind of afraid of getting up early, not because you don't want to get up early. That part's hard enough, but you're like, I just don't know how to read the Bible. I don't know what to do. We're going to make this easy for you, and we're going to show you how you can take five minutes and really put together the two habits. You can put together reading the Bible before you look at your phone and prayer. This could be your morning prayer time, okay? So here's what I want you to do. We even did a different passage in the first service because I want people to see, like, this is not formulaic at all. This is just, you can pick anything and do this, okay? So I want you to open your Bibles 
um, or the Pew Bibles to Psalm 1. Psalm chapter 1. And uh, first person that finds what page that's on in a Pew Bible, just holler at me and we'll give everybody else a little help. Four fifteen, page four fifteen, in the pew Bibles. Those are NLT. You might be reading from a different version. That's okay. Isn't it absurd to study the Bible together in church? What a novel idea! Psalm one is six verses long. Okay, and I'm here to tell you if you wake up in the morning and you manage to get in six verses before the kids are yelling and before you check your phone, you're winning, okay? You don't have to read a 1,000 pages. Now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read Psalm 1, and I'm just going to give you an example of how I would read through Psalm 1 and how I would pray through Psalm 1. If you don't know how to pray, um, it's as simple as talking, okay? If you can talk to anyone... You can talk to Jesus, but I know sometimes we're like kind of intimidated by that. So one of the great ways to pray is to just pray scripture, okay? To read scripture and then go, what does this say? And how does that apply to God? Or how does that apply to me? And, and to just pray through it, okay? So I haven't practiced this. We did, uh, we did 1 John 1 in the 9 a.m. Um, but we're going to do Psalm 1 right now. And I haven't practiced this. I, I didn't want to practice this. I want you to see like... You're not going to practice before you open your Bible tomorrow morning. So, so let's, just, let's just do it, okay? Psalm 1. Read along. Psalmist says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. So I read a verse like that and I think, man, I know like Jesus spent time with sinners so I know that it's not telling me not to, you know, have friends that are sinners or anything else. But it seems that first phrase, don't follow the advice of the wicked. It seems like there's, a, there's an emphasis in this verse to, like, make sure that the core people in your life, the main voices and influence in your life, are not people who would make a mockery of God, but people who love God. And so I read that verse and I go, man, God, help me um, to surround myself with the right people. Help me to listen to the right voices. Verse 2, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. So God, um, I, I'm thanking you for my church. I'm thanking you for this challenge that we just started um, yesterday, Sunday, and I'm praying that you help me not only read the Bible in the morning, but to meditate on it day and night. Help me to be thinking about your word, thinking about your truth uh, throughout my day today. Verse 3, these people that delight in the law of the Lord, they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. God, help me to just be rooted in you. Help me to be just deeply planted in you. Even though this is day one of reading my Bible and spending time with you every day, I just believe, God, that you're wanting to do something in me that's going to change my life. I'm believing that this is going to be fruitful. I'm, I'm, I'm believing, God, that it's going to make a difference in my life, in my family, in my co-workers. Would you just help me to be faithful and fruitful as I open your word every morning? 
Thank you for telling me, God, that, that I would prosper if I was rooted in you in that way. And then verse 4 says, But not the wicked. They're like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly, for the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. So there's a couple of things kind of going on here, right? So on one hand, God, thank you for watching over me. Thank you that if I'm in Christ, I'm a new creation. And though I may not feel godly, I am righteous and godly in Christ. So thank you, Lord, for watching over me. But then as I look at what happens to the people that are far from God, and I look at the fact that their path is leading to destruction, number one, God, I don't want to be pulled down that path. But number two, I want to be pulling people off of that path. So God, I pray today as I go to work that you would just help me to live and to work as if you were on the throne, that you would help me to have an attitude that doesn't look like everybody else's attitude, but that I would have the attitude of Christ, that I would live my life in such a way that people want to come to you, people want to know more about Jesus, people want to, to step into faith because they can see the difference it's made in my life. Help me to be someone that's pulling people off of the path of destruction and helping them find the road to life. God, I pray that you'd be with me today, throughout the rest of my day. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll see you tomorrow. It's that easy. Six minutes. It's that easy. Okay? And again, it's not going to feel incredible. And Pastor Nathan's not going to be there strumming the guitar in the background. Okay? But you can put some music on your phone. You can light a candle. You can make a cup of coffee. You can do whatever. And 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Now, some of you are awesome, and you're going you're gonna to spend the whole hour in the Word. That's great. But if you can't do that, 10 minutes, 6 minutes. And, and I promise you this. While any single instance may not feel like a big deal, if you do this day in and day out, not only throughout the rest of this series, but throughout the rest of this year, it is going to make a profound impact on your life. I promise you. I promise you. I bet you it will. Okay? You can come back to me in a year, and if you tell me you read the Bible every morning for a year and it did nothing for you, I, I, I'll give you $100. Okay? I don't know. Stand with me if you would. Let's just respond with our hearts just in a posture of worship and praise. Jesus, we're believing that you're going to speak to us as we start this new rhythm. Where else can we go but to you? You have the words of life, and we don't want to miss anything that you have to say to us. Help us, God, to start fresh and to turn a new page in our spiritual lives as we meet with you every morning in your word. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information, please visit us on Facebook or at bluffhurst.com.